today we have Annie Singer. She is a marketing professional and founder of Reciple, a premium recipe for platform that is equitable for creators. In early 2021, she quit her 95 job as a marketing director to launch her own marketing consultancy to scale back, spend less time working and more living. Just recently, she realized that she wasn't happy with what she was doing and ended up working towards launches her new consumer brand last month. Welcome, Annie. Um, I wonder what made you pivot your first uh, decision? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I was sort of in like a high high performance startup job, um, working nine to five. And initially it was an office in office job. And then, you know, COVID happened and the office shut down and, you know, it went remote. Mm -hmm. Um, I've kind of always been an over performer. And so I had actually already started my marketing consultancy at that time and was working with, you know, two clients and then also working a nine to five job. So I was doing just you know, working nonstop and I was really tired and that job specifically didn't resonate with me at all personally. And what Mm -hmm. the job was, I was working for a like consumer review company. And the goal of that business was to drive users from their website to Amazon or to other affiliate partners so that they can earn a commission on those sales. And, you know, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the business practices of Amazon. And so Mm -hmm. not only was it, you know, not, not super interesting, not something I was excited about and jazzed about, but I felt like I wasn't doing something good in the world, um, by driving, you know, driving customers to businesses that didn't really align with my values. Mm -hmm. So that was sort of a toxic combination of, I was working way too much, not having enough time personally, um, And then also doing something that I didn't really believe in and wasn't bought in on and didn't align with my values. And Mm -hmm. so the, the business I was working nine to five with ended up being acquired by a new, another partner, a a media giant basically. And they also didn't align with my values and they weren't communicating well with all of us. And so at that point I said, you know, I, I deserve to have more time to myself. I deserve to be working on things that better align with my values yeah more interested in um I love that that. I love that sentence uh uh, I'm worth to have more uh more time for myself that's uh, yeah well actually that's the base of of every decision if you ask me and it took me a long time to learn that and come to that decision um Mm -hmm. I had worked with that company for about a year and a half so not a not an enormous amount of time but about six months into starting work for that company, I started doing therapy too. Mm-hmm. And I went to therapy because, you know, I was stressed and I was like, how do I be more productive and be less stressed so that I can do more work? Mm-hmm. And the therapist is like, you don't need to, you mm-hmm. don't have to stack more things on and, you know, do more and more. And, you know, be more successful in the corporate context and in the context of capitalism, you're a human being. And 
that's not your only purpose in the world. And if you're not happy doing all of this, then what is the point? What are you, you know, like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent a full year sort of, you know, in, in therapy and talking about that and thinking about that and, you know, building a plan of, you know, what, what does a good life for me look like? Yeah. Um, and so very, I very, very valid question. Yeah. And I took <laughs> that plunge and, you know, I, I ran into my own market marketing consultancy and it literally, it was one month later that I was like, well, this isn't what I want to do either. Um, and that was okay. And from there, I, you know, started working on other things and moving forward and pivoted again at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I left corporate world and was able to work only about 10 hours a week for, for a few months there and going from working, you know, maybe 50 or 60 hours a week to working for 10 hours a week, yeah. like a huge change. And it was a change that I was preparing for. And I knew some aspects of it would be very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. when you're a busybody and an overachiever, slowing down can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and so I started gardening. Um, I started working with a local CSA farm, which is community supported agriculture. Okay. Um, and so that was a way that I met, met people locally in my area. And I learned just a ton about food and, you know, sustainable food production and, mm. you know, all, all, all sorts of really cool environmental impact of food production, um, those types of things, which you know, I'm, I'm going back this summer and I'm going to, you know, continue working with them because it was just a really great experience. And it was something that I found that I enjoyed that I had never done before. Um, and with with your hands on the, in the clay, right? Yeah. That's really earthing, uh, experience, get your feet on the ground, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's been great. And just, you know, nurturing something from a little seed and you give it soil and you give it water and you give it sunlight. And suddenly, you know, in a few months you have food, which is just a really cool and like fulfilling experience. Absolutely. Awesome. So how, um, how do you see your future and why did you take so long to, well, Initially, you took that job, right? Uh, so uh, there was still something inside of you that thought, well, I need a job instead of, well, standing your ground literally yeah. for your values, right? So how, how, how would you, um, well, express why that uh, took you so long in, in that road? Yeah. So it, it's scary making changes and my way of coping with negative things in my life is with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that stems back, you know, as early as childhood that, you know, I, I was, I don't a, a teenager in 2008 when the economy took a downturn and, you know, my dad lost his job and that, you know, we, we had to adjust our lifestyle. Um, and then as an older teenager, I ended up moving out on my own at 17 years old and supporting myself. And so there was a lot of money insecurity, financial insecurity. And so as I built my career over the last decade or so, um, 
it, money has felt like safety because that mm-hmm. uncertainty as a teenager and as a child is, is scary. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you're working as a director of marketing, making six figures, you know, have a great job, have a great salary. And then you have to work on top of that because, you know, yeah. that's still the, I, it feels like more, I'm adding security as I'm taking more clients and doing more work. Yeah. Um, and so I had to sort of assess that, reassess that, say, why, you know, why am I having this feeling that I need to earn more money to cover these problems that I have? Yeah. Is it actually solving the problems that I have? And I went through an intensely, intensely stressful period in 2018 and 2019 mm-hmm. with some family situations. Um, and my way of coping with that was I need to earn more money, yeah. um, which money didn't, it, those problems were nothing related no, to money and no. money didn't solve any of those problems. No. And so I had to be uncomfortable and say, you know, why, why is this my inclination? What can I do instead? And really for me, I just needed to step back and take, give myself something, you know, allow myself some grace and give myself the kindness that I extend to other people. When I treat, you know, my friends, I treat them well and I'm kind to them and I'm nice to them. And so I need to do that to myself as well. I need to allow myself to rest when I'm tired instead of saying, you know, you just worked for 10 hours. Now you have to go to the gym and exercise. Um, so it was a long process of learning, you know, understanding why I didn't feel good and why Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are the ways that I tend to like my inclination? What am I inclined to do to feel better? Mm -hmm. And obviously what I was doing was not actually making me feel better. And so I had to explore that and say, where did those habits come from? And how can I shift those into something, you know, that is effective for making, you know, when I don't feel good, how do I, you know, know what to do in order to feel a little bit better. And so I learned that working more is not, is <laughs> not working more and earning more money doesn't actually make me feel better. No. And the things that do make me feel better are resting and watching TV and growing a garden in my backyard and connecting with people locally and, you know, talking about food and learning about, you know, the environment and about sustainability and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it was a process just in sort of unwinding the coping mechanisms that I already had, and mm-hmm. then learning to build new habits. Mm-hmm. How was that for you to, to, to understand? I mean, what I often hear is people saying like, I knew it on, in my head, but I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Right. You know, you yeah. need to learn new skills. You know, you need to learn new, new, uh, new habits, but where do you start? How, where yeah. did you start? Yeah, you you have to accept the idea that it's going to be uncomfortable, I think. And mm-hmm. it is it is uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're probably going to get it wrong at first. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to try and you're going to get it wrong and you're going to mm-hmm. feel like you failed. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have to, you know, do something different and try again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I just got to a point of burnout and unhappiness and then, you know, change an environment in negative ways. And that the, the external forces, you know, 
the company was acquired by people I wasn't thrilled about working with, you know, the people I loved working with that made it worth sticking around for a job that, you know, overall isn't great. They Mm -hmm. were thrown out of the company. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, I don't have to be here. And I've spent a year mentally preparing and financially preparing Mm -hmm. and I'm safe. And, you know, that, that was the first step. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that I wanted, you know, I, I knew that the companies I was working with didn't super align with my values. And actually one of my consulting clients also didn't align extremely well with my personal values. They were a nonprofit, but they did a lot of um, like defense contracts and police mm-hmm. contracts, mm-hmm. Um, which again, personally, that is not what I want to be working on in my career and in my life. That's not how I'm going to make an impact is working with companies, you know, yes. defense contracts. Um, who work from control and not from creating. Yeah. And so, you know, that was part of the reason, you know, I I shifted, I downsized from a nine to five job to working only with a couple of select clients. Mm -hmm. And it's just not the best way that I function, you know, being, being delegated and having a small part of the picture you know, director of marketing, you're overseeing a lot of different things and you should have great insight into the company and the goals and all of that. Mm-hmm. As a consultant, it's much harder to integrate and get True. the big picture of things. Yes. You're just a little, you're the little piece of marketing yes. Yes. and, you know, people, people, you're, you're telling people essentially what you're good at and what you can do for them, but yeah. you don't have insight into high management. You don't have insight into no. the holistic picture of yes. everything. And you need that to, to have a great outcome. Yeah. And for me personally, I learned, you know, I, I didn't know this when I quit the nine to five job, how important it is to me. And some people work well in that context and I'm not saying it's wrong or bad, but personally, yeah, I like having insight into the big picture of things. And like you were saying, I like to create, I want to build something cool. And that's sort of where, you know, my own consumer brand came from is that I found a problem that I personally was having, which is, you know, I like to cook at home. That's something interesting to me. That's something I like to do for leisure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find recipes by going to Google and typing in, you know, uh, a recipe with chicken for dinner. Um, And then you get to usually food blogs or what come up when you Mm -hmm. search for something. Mm -hmm. And you get to the food blog and it's a very frustrating experience because there are pop-ups and there are ads yes. and the content isn't formatted in a way that's super easy to use when you're cooking. Yes. Um, and so I was frustrated and, mm-hmm. you know, now having the space to think because I'm not under the pressure of working 50 or 60 hours a week. Yes. And, you know, I, I have space for myself and I'm allowing myself time to rest. That's really what, allowed me to launch my own business because I had, you know, room in my brain, room in my brain and my mind and my heart. And I was able to, you know, think about things, think about why is this problem, you know, a problem, a frustration that I have, why does it work this way? Why Mm -hmm. isn't there already a solution? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what really only having that space for myself Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, immediately after, or while I was at, you know, my nine to five job, it, yes. took, it took a month of rest 
Yes. And then my brain, you know, started functioning again. Yeah, true. Started, yeah, being able to work and and think creatively and yes. come up with solutions. Yes. Yeah. I I totally relate because uh, I uh, also had a full time job and was creating three businesses at, at the site mm -hmm. and I and wow. I was married at that time. And so I had a, a husband and a social life, so-called social mm -hmm. life. But there, there was no space in my in my head. Yeah. How the hell do you find solutions to be creative in your life? You don't. Yeah, you're just you're, you're freaking. Tired. Yeah, and you're freaking because you're like, well, I thought it, it's going to uh, to work this way. Yeah. And when it doesn't work this way, you're freaking yeah. out. Because you yeah. don't have headspace. Yeah, and having that space allows you to get it wrong and experiment. And, exactly. You know, if if you have the right measures in place, and it, you know, I'm obviously privileged that it was an option financially. Mm -hmm. um, and not everyone is in that situation, but you know, creating that room for my space. Yes. You know, it 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 does wonder when done does wonders when you know, you're tired, you're burnt out, you're, you see your creativity declining. And that's exactly. frustrating in itself. Yes. Because yes. marketing is, you know, creative. creative. Yes, in a lot absolutely. Of, in a lot of ways. And so yes. like, how do you do social media and stay engaged? And how do you produce anything interesting when exactly. you're tired all the time? Yeah. Um, Not. So, yeah. So, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, the next step for me, the marketing consultancy you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I quickly realized that. And if, if I hadn't given myself the space, yeah. that would have been a big problem because you're in a panic, you know, when you're busy and you have the next thing to do and to think about, and suddenly something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. It feels like a big deal because you don't have the room and the space for your True. mind to work out the problem. You're just yes. like, next thing, next thing. I still yeah. have this big looming problem that I can't address because I have to do more stuff. Exactly. Yes. Um, but when you allow yourself the rest, you know, that changes everything and you're you're able to go through changes and be adaptable and you're able to fail and then pick yourself up and think creatively of how can I do this differently? Or, you know, maybe this isn't what I want to do. What do I want to do? And how am I going to do that? But you don't have, well, if you, if you're so busy, you don't have room to ask yourself this question. Yeah. Because you don't want to the next thing you have. Yes. To do, it's next, 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 more next. Tasks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and life is not a, a list of tasks. Yeah. Life is living. <laughs> you understand? So I, I totally get it. I was a woman of tasks and mm -hmm. goals and next to the next, to the next and the next, you know, go yeah, and off time. I didn't know how that felt anymore because yeah. I was always on. And I think yeah. you can relate to that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, now, now running my own business from the ground up, I approach things a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's helpful for me is every morning I set my tasks. I set a checklist of these are the things I need to do, but I'm keeping it only to like maybe three to five different tasks yes. that I know will move my business forward. 
Yes. And there are lots of other things. I still have to do social media. I still have to do PR. I have to do interviews. I, you know, there are, as a business owner, and especially in the beginning stages, yes. when you don't have tons of funding and, you know, you, you're doing a lot yourself. I'm doing 90% of all of the business is me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it is manual where eventually yes. it'll be yes. automated. Yes. Um, but what are three to five things that I can do today that will move my business forward and, you know, writing down the things that are the most important so that I never worry that I'm going to, you know, not get to it. I prioritize, I prioritize things that will make an impact. And then yes, I do task work throughout the day, but my focus is only on the things that I know are really important. And yes, as a business owner, you're never going to be done with all of the no, tasks. No, never. never. Because <laughs> once you do a task, that creates a new task yes. that you then have to go to. Yeah. Um, so I am able to set the boundary of, you know, maybe today I only feel like working until 2 p.m. So mm-hmm. I know the three things that I need to do to move my business forward. And all of the tasks are going to be there for me tomorrow. And if yeah. I, you know, work till 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., there would still be more work that I felt like I needed to do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, well, I, uh, I'm living the same life and I yeah. went through the same, same, uh, transition, uh, of, of course, in a slightly different way because you are Annie and I am Monique, yeah. uh, right. And we have a different uh, background and a different upbringing. So different belief system, created different structures in life and we want new new foundations for the future we create it so in that matter i i believe i'm an absolutely advocate from like creating quality today Mm -hmm. and amplify the quality in the future building on quality on quality but I'm also an advocate of slow living. Yeah. And I think my experience was that I saved all of my happiness for later. That yep. was initially my approach is I have to do all of this stuff now because then in the future I can be happy and I yes. can, you know, yeah. I will be happy. I'll ha- but that's not how the world works because, you know, once I have achieved things, maybe you're trying to get a new degree in school, or you're trying to get a director title at work. You're trying to get a raise. You know, you're always, always thinking forward and you're not taking care of yourself today. You're not happy today. But once I have that degree, once I have my master's degree, then I'll be happy. And so you achieve that and you're still not happy today. And you're like, well, then I have to go even further. I have to get my PhD now because I got my master's and I'm not happy. Um, And so it, it's a shift in mindset. Yeah. You have to, you you can work towards goals. You can have goals, Yes. but you also have to allow yourself, (laughs) you know, to be happy today. And you have to, sometimes you have to learn what that means and what that looks like because If like me, you know, you spend 20, 27 years of your life, you know, only working towards the future and not, not caring about right now, not, you know, not giving yourself something nice that makes you happy, not indulging ever. Like you spend so much time doing that, that you don't even know what, what, 
what makes me happy at that point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I had the same. Uh, um, I remember that I, every achievement I thought I had in the future, and as you say, uh, you think when you achieve it, then you feel happy. Mm-hmm. And if you achieve it and you feel you don't feel happy, you're, I mean, I was disappointed. Yeah. I was like, well, I should be, I should be on top of the world, right? Right now, because I achieved this and I achieved that, right? But the thing was, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I didn't feel it. And, and that was also like, now what? Mm-hmm. How, what? What does make me happy? Yeah, And that was a whole new question. Yeah. You can either then give yourself space and explore, you know, and and that's the, I think the healthiest approach is saying I did something that I thought would make me happy and it didn't. What, what does make me happy? Whereas, you know, initially my approach was, well, then I have to do more. I got that master's degree. I'm not happy. So I need to get the next degree or, you know, I got a better job. I got a, a, a higher title at work. Yes. And yeah. now I'm, I'm still not happy. So I have to do more work so that I can be, you know, an executive level and yes. then I'll yes. be happy. Yeah. Um, but really looking internally when that happens, when you achieve something and it doesn't make you happy and you, you know, have those thoughts of like, what, what now, why, why am I not happy? Yeah. Like really looking inward and, you know, asking yourself, what am I actually feeling? Like what, when do I experience the happiness that I want at this moment and the satisfaction that I want at this moment? It, for me, you know, I, I plant some seeds and then a week later I see little sprouts and that, you know, that brings me more joy than, you know, getting, getting a higher title at work. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a whole different ball game because people are like, wow, you know, these woo-woo guys or woo-woo women who tell you just Mm -hmm. look different to the world and enjoy the sunrise you know all those things yeah but you know if you don't start with gratitude you never are going to feel gratitude yeah so in that matter i think that it yeah go ahead that that helps it, it it focuses you it focuses you when you know you can say i'm grateful right now me personally right today i just moved in a very stressful move and my new office overlooks the neighbor's backyard and they have a dog that comes out every morning when i start work and their dog races around the yard for 30 minutes just races around and plays with itself and just has the happiest time And like, I notice that and I'm like, this makes me so happy. And I stop and I say, and I look out my window and I pause what I'm doing at work because look at that joy out my window. I love dogs. And this dog is just so happy to be outside and to be alive for one more day. And, you know, you, you only know when you're happy and you only know what makes you happy when you take that moment to pause and say, I love dogs. I love seeing happy dogs. 
And, you know, that's not going to turn into my next career. Probably. No, you know. no, no. And the but thing that's is, how you, yeah. that's how you build happiness on a day-to-day. Well, level. no. And, and I think now, I mean, I remember that being aware of what I felt Mm-hmm. I never was aware. That's why I started this Feel Your Feeling podcast. But mm-hmm. I never was aware when I was feeling happy. You know, yeah. I didn't register that. Yeah. Right? So giving space to feel my feelings was actually like, oh, wow. Like you noticed when yeah. you looked look at this dog who was jumping around and having fun yeah. at, at its own, you were like, hey, wait a minute. I feel something inside yeah. what, what yeah. excites me. And, and, and um, oh, I really like that to look at that, right? Yeah. And I think the flip side is true that sometimes you feel bad and you feel uncomfortable. And the best way to move forward from that is to say, this feels really bad. I'm really, you know, and I moved recently not under good circumstances. And I had to leave a home that I loved and that felt really bad. Mm-hmm. And I knew, you know, this home, the home I'm in now, I, mm-hmm. I knew there were good characteristics about it. And so, you know, I had to find that balance of allowing myself to be hopeful of, I know this is a bigger space with a bigger yard. There are a lot of good things, but also I'm leaving my home and I'm leaving my home under negative circumstances. And it makes me feel bad and it makes me feel sad. Which is okay. To, yeah, you have to give yourself that room to agree. I cried, you know, I yes, I cried because I was leaving my home and it was yes. sad and it it was hard. Yes. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't have to only focus on, you know, the next home is going to be good. It's going to be better. Everything is great. You can say I'm sad because I'm leaving my home and that there's going to be good things about the next home. Absolutely. You know, I always say, I mean, as a digital nomad, I move every three, Mm -hmm. two, three months. So I always say, like, here do you find something and in the next you you leave something. What Mm -hmm. was good about this uh, home, right? So I was in Valencia before, which was outside. It was warmer, Mm -hmm. but here it was inside warmer, right? I was cold in the inside in in, <laughs> in, in, in Valencia, and now here's, it's, the weather is colder here in, uh-huh. in Athens, but it's warmer and cozy inside, yeah. right? So that's what I mean. Anyway, I want to thank you, Annie. It was a really nice and uh, clear path that you, how you shared it, and I, I, I totally relate to how you pivot your life and how it went. Um, what are the three takeaways you have for, for my audience? Yeah. So I guess in business, in this case, my example, but Mm -hmm. really in everything, you don't know where you're going to end up and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I was going to work my marketing consultancy. You know, my goal was to scale back in work and take on clients and do marketing work. Mm -hmm. And I did that and it didn't work out and having, you know, extra time and extra space personally is what allowed me to move to the next thing, but you can have an idea of what you want to do and be wrong. (laughs) And that's okay. And half the time you're going to be wrong, no matter what. Um, So 
yeah, you don't, you don't know where you're going to end up and no. that's okay. Is probably the first takeaway. Second takeaway is find work that aligns with your values. You know, I was working for companies driving money to Amazon. I was working for defense contractors, police contractors, and that I noticed that I didn't feel good about that. And now doing work, you know, focused on food, focusing on solving problems is really, you know, I want to solve problems in an interesting and creative way. Um, so finding work that aligns with your values makes working every day. Cause most of us have to work every day. It yeah. makes it so much easier. Um, and then finally prioritizing, taking care of yourself and giving yourself space that you need. Um, not just adding tasks and adding tasks because, you know, that capitalism tells us we have to achieve more and succeed more. Um, yeah. But oftentimes prioritizing yourself is more productive than doing tasks. Even if you have a long checklist of things you need to get done, you know, prioritizing, giving yourself that space lets your brain actually think when you yeah. are focused on work. Um, so yeah, prioritizing self-care in whatever way that works for you. And it's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, well, it's, I, and uh, I know I, I, uh, I don't say this because I'm a coach, uh, but um, working with a coach is the best investment you can do mm -hmm. because you are going, it will take you so, it will be less uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. And it helps you get an objective view when you need yes, it because yes. I'm caught up in my own head because yes. I'm experiencing things. Yes. But sometimes having someone listen authentically yes. and then, you know, even just repeating it back and saying, it sounds like this is what you're really struggling with. It's validating. And sometimes having, having it said by someone from the outside exactly. allows you to sort of look at it objectively yourself and yes. say, I can, I can do it. I can make these changes or I can move in this direction or this yes. is how I can give myself space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Annie, uh, for your story, for your insights and for your takeaways for this was it, the story of Annie uh, for feel your feelings, the podcast until another episode. Bye for now.